Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. kind of feel like uh, the invitation of God for us in the season that we're in is to stop and really think about what rest is for us and what his invitation to us may be in this season as we prepare for another year. You know, um, rest is actually really important and, and not something that we're particularly good at prioritizing within our culture. Uh, many of you would have heard of a theologian called Dallas Willard. And he wrote a book called Life Without Lack. And this is a quote from that book that I find personally quite challenging. Rest is an act of faith, he says, especially in our day. Few people get the rest that God intends for their well-being. Remember that the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments, an entire day to be set aside for rest. But how often do you keep the Sabbath? Now, I don't know about you, but uh, some of you will know that I have been trying to like step into the Sabbath rhythm over this last year or so. And honestly, it's r- way harder than I ever imagined it was going to be. I've tried to be intentional with my practice, and yet it's, it slips through my fingers because all of the other things of life seem to clamor so much more loudly and pushes it to the margins. So I think this is, you know, even as I've been preparing again, it's like I feel like God's reminder again for me to keep at this, to keep working it out. And the invitation for all of us as a people, as we look at this next year, what is what is the rhythm of work and rest that God is inviting each of us into? Because we see his rhythm in scripture. He spent six days working and creating and the last seventh day resting. So he had this ratio of six to one, six days for work, for creating, for pouring ourselves out, and a day every week where we get to celebrate that, but we get to stop, to pause, to breathe, to breathe deeply. Hmm. What could that look like for us this year? We know that we're made in the image of God. God worked, so we work. God rested, so we need to rest. But the hard thing is, is that we live in a world of restlessness that celebrates and practices distraction and hurry and full schedules and noise of like every kind, including all the digital noise that we carry around in our back pocket with us. And this restlessness is actually doing harm to us in so many different ways. A pastor in the States called AJ Swoboda wrote a book called Subversive Sabbath. This is what he says. As we drown ourselves in a 24-7 living, we seem to be able to do anything but quench our true thirst for the life of God. The result is that we have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. Now I can hear you going, oh my gosh, Jacinda, that's pretty heavy for the start of the year. It's going to get better, I promise. But, but it's that confronting moment of going, oh man, we, we have orchestrated our lives, our culture impresses upon us and celebrates busyness and hurry and production and working and achieving and our identity is all tied up in that. We kind of get addicted to the pace of like, go, 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 go. It's kind of exciting. 
but it isn't actually the way that we're built to be able to do that all the time. Now we're in the summer holiday season at the moment, but if you're anything like us, you don't always rest on your holiday. You know, when we used to go on trips overseas or even when we've gone around the country, we'd often pack our schedules full of like a whole lot of activity and things to do. We'd sort of cram it all in there and we'd come home more tired than when we left. We sort of came home for a rest and I'd sort of console myself saying, well, they say that a change is as good as a rest, but you know what? Rest is better than change. Really deep rest is actually really, really good and really important. And so we can do the same thing, whether we've just been at the batch or we're at the camping ground now or, you know, and we're not at work, we can just switch one lot of busy activity, go, 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 busy brains, busy bodies. We can just switch those activities that we normally do with work and running the kids around and, you know, all of that stuff for a different set of activities. You know, we could have filled our days over the holidays with shopping or reading or fishing or golfing or, re you know, podcast, listening to podcasts or watching movies. None of those things is bad. I love nearly all of them. I'm just no good at golf. So none of them are bad in and of themselves. It's just that we need to recognize that the invitation of God is for us to do those things, but also to stop, to really rest. Those things can help us to relax but they don't always renew us. The Hare and the Tortoise, a great little book by the Venn Foundation here in Auckland. They say this, culture has trained us that rest and leisure are synonymous, but they aren't. Leisure usually involves activity or entertainment, but that constant stimulation prevents us from resting deeply. And I know that I've lived that experience. I've sometimes come back from holidays and, it, and like I feel like I've been going slower and doing less, but I come home still really weary. And it's because I've actually just exchanged one lot of activity for another. I haven't lent into those things that actually deeply replenish and renew me in real rest. I've just been relaxing, which is good, but not enough. Because the thing is, we all live with limits. We're human. Our limits reveal that to us. They make it very obvious that we cannot do everything all the time with all of the people at breakneck speed and just never quit. We cannot do what we're not built for. We are not God. We have limits. We're going to live with our limits. But I don't know about you, but I personally find that quite frustrating at times and not always easy for me to accept. But I've been pondering this last little while what if there was a gift in our limitations? Maybe the gift is for us to discover or to rediscover that we are loved by God, not for what we do, but for who we are to him. What a gift that would be. Another little quote from my favorite little book here. He has made us, God has made us so that we cannot function without rest. And that is not a weakness. It is us trusting God to be able to achieve his plans for us and for the world without running ourselves into the ground. It is about us letting God be God and recognizing that we are creatures and creatures with limitations. What are your limits? 
I know for me that one of the things I've wrestled with for decades is a chronic illness that I that I have. I've, I was diagnosed when I was 11, and one of the things that that does is it, it um, affects my energy levels. It, it does a bunch of things, but that's one of the ones I've really struggled with because I've found it hard sometimes to keep up with other people or just the pace of life and. I've needed more sleep than other people and things like that and that's actually been quite hard but as I've as I've been talking about that in the last couple of years with my spiritual director and kind of working with that particularly when it's kind of not so easy I've wondered about the gift that there is within that that within that limitation there is that gift for me of being able to stop to acknowledge my humanity and the fact that I cannot do everything and the amazing thing is God doesn't expect me to. I expect me to. He doesn't. And that is, he loves me even if I'm not able to do all of those things. So I can, I can highly recommend this thing of actually exploring what our limits are and not resisting them so much but talking to God about them and what is the gift in there. We know that God rested. If we look at scripture and we're trying to look for examples of like how does this rest thing work within the word of God that is the thing that we want to be shaping and forming who we are as we follow Jesus. We see that God rested in Genesis 2. He spent six days creating, forming, working, making the world, making us. And then on that seventh day he stopped and he rested. And in Exodus 31 we get to have a, an insight into a conversation that God is having with Moses and teaching the people of Israel about the Sabbath, that one day a week of rest, of stopping working. And God is describing to Moses about God's experience of rest. And this is what it says. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested. And get this. And he was refreshed. This is God speaking of his own experience of stopping after a week of work and resting and the refreshing that was in that for him. There is a gift in resting and stopping. Jesus rested. He modelled what some of those limits of humanity were. He fully stepped into our human experience when he took on a body. He knows what it is to be tired at the end of a day after walking dusty, hot paths, you know, in the Middle East. He needed to sleep, he needed to rest, he, he needed time to get away from like the busyness and the crowds and all the people. He loved them but he recognised his need to stop and rest. Some of his rhythms as well as his choosing to regularly get himself away, he would have had rhythms of Sabbath within the culture that he had been raised in. Every week there was a day of 24 hours of just stopping working of celebrating life, of celebrating God, of loving and enjoying the people that you're with. That was a normal part of his rhythm. And we're invited to follow in his footsteps as his disciples for all of how he lived, not just the bits that we like or that are easy within our cultural context. Those rhythms of Sabbath, of stopping and resting, of delighting ourselves in God and creation and the people we love, of, of worshipping. Those are rhythms that we can lean into still to our day and work them into our lives if we want them. I love how Jesus was talking to his disciples in Matthew 11 and he said this to them, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I don't know about you, but when I get caught up in the pace that our world would say is normal, I am frequently overwhelmed. That, that yoke is not easy. That burden does not feel light. It is a heavy thing. And I often will be just overwhelmed with just the constancy of the, the going and going and going and going and just never being able to kind of get off of that treadmill sometimes. Jesus' invitation to us and the way that he lived and, and modeled life in God was to live in a different way, in a countercultural way that includes rest, that restores us. So what might rest look like? in your life, in the season that you're in. I can almost imagine some of you with young families listening to this going, well, that just sounds great, Jacinda, but you know, the kids don't sleep through the night. It's crazy at our place. We are on the go, like all day. I get that. I remember that. Uh, I know what that's like. It is a wearying time. However, my friends, hold on to the fact that there are seasons to life. You will miss these days at some point in your life and much earlier than you expect, actually. Even for those of you with teenagers who are, you know, your kids are up late and you're driving them here, there and everywhere. There are moments even within those seasons of our lives where we, where we can choose to rest. And maybe that's us partnering with our spouse or with other extended family members where maybe they can, we can give each other space, where we create opportunities, where we step in so they can step out. Morning quiet times, sleeping eight hours a night, uh, a weekly Sabbath or some of those rhythms you might want to work in. It might be that you decide rest for me means turning all my devices off one day a week just so I'm completely without those distractions and demands. It could be that every week you decide I'm going to have uh, a weekly meal with people that I love and we're going to celebrate life and eat good food and laugh and sing and you know all of those good things could just be that after the kids have gone to bed at night that you sneak outside into the garden or onto your deck and you just instead of watching Netflix instead of reading a book instead of all of those other things that maybe aren't quite so refreshing that don't actually give us deep rest you sit and you look up at the stars and you listen to all of the things that you miss when it's noisy and busy Winnie the Pooh I think has some great wisdom for us here he said, don't underestimate the value of doing nothing, of just going along, listening to all of the things that you can't hear and not bothering. I love that line, listening to all of the things that you can't hear. And we often miss a lot, don't we, when we're in that rushing mode. I know when I just take time to stop and I'm listening to the cicadas in the background or the birds that are twittering or even the dog when she starts barking. I miss those things when I'm in my busy mode. So as you prepare for another year, what is God's invitation to you in this whole area of rest? Godly rest, particularly in a 24-7 world, is never accidental and can only come when we have gone out of our way to prepare for it. That's a quote, another quote from A.J. Swoboda in his book, Subversive Sabbath. This is not gonna just happen. There's not a one size fits all 
It is a not hit and hope that this will happen. We actually have to be intentional about weaving rhythms of rest into our weeks, days, months, years. And so as you begin to talk to God and to friends and family about these rhythms of rest that God's inviting you into, consider some of your regular and repeating cycles, your daily rhythm, your weekly, monthly, quarterly and annual rhythms. Are there spaces that you could create within there to have some of those Sabbath rhythms, to have quiet days or half days each month? or a quarterly retreat where you get away on your own or you go to a guided retreat where you're intentionally seeking space to be able to really be deeply renewed. As well as those annual holidays with friends and with family that renew us and fill us up. And there are different parts of our lives that we want to think about regularly refreshing and renewing with good rest, spiritually, physically, emotionally, intellectually and socially. What are some of those practices that you can be deliberate about, that you can intentionally weave into your days that are going to nourish those parts of who you are? What if the church became the best place in the world to learn how to rest? Because this is an exhausting world, my friend. AJ Swoboda again. What if the church, we are the church, what if we became the best place in the world to learn how to rest and to rest deeply, to be renewed and out of that place our creativity, our productivity, our everything would flow out of that. Instead of it being the last thing, it would be the first thing that would empower and enable us to do all that, that God's going to call us into this year. A few good books. I know you're in holiday mode, so you might want to do a bit of reading. This wee book, Here in the Tortoise, from Venn Foundation. I'm actually going to be inviting some anyone who would like to, actually, to join with me. And we're going to work through this little book over the year and uh, lean into some deliberate practices that will help us in our journey of spiritual formation this year. And there's a whole section in there about rest. Beautiful Resistance by John Tyson. Once again, he's got a whole chapter in here about rest and Sabbath. And uh, even if we don't practice that 24-hour Sabbath, uh, practice. Um, there are still some really great things in here uh, about rest but also just about some of our rhythms of life and the things that culturally we have to kind of wrestle with. And then John Mark Comer's book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I know that a lot of you have already heard us talk about this before and a number of you have already read it but if you haven't you might want to squeeze that one in before you head back to work in this next few weeks. We're going to give you some time to mull this over a little bit. We're going to have some questions pop up on the screen and just give you five or six minutes to be able to just sit with us and begin that journey of mulling it over, asking yourself some of these questions about, you know, what is it that restores your soul? What is it that refuels and refreshes you? And how can I weave those things into my life and into my days and weeks and months this year? And most importantly, what is God's invitation to you in this season, in this whole area of rest? But before we do that, I'd love just to pray for us and, uh, and then we'll have those things pop up on the screen for you. So Father, thank you so much for holidays. Thank you that we have been able, uh, hopefully many of us, to be able to just pause to breathe deeply. It is 
just such a gift to us and we recognize uh, that we're not always so great at this whole thing of rest and so I pray Lord that as we are in our holiday mode a little still that you would be able to speak to our hearts capture our imaginations and show us what a rhythm of rest alongside of our work alongside of our creating alongside of our other responsibilities could look like as we do this year with you as we do life with you again in 2022 so lord i pray that you would come and you would meet each one of us wherever we are and that you would fill us again with your holy spirit as we prepare for another year to be led and to be guided by you in all that we do in jesus wonderful name amen well my friends looking forward to seeing you soon we'll be back here next sunday with another short reflection for you to be able to run away with and do what you like with but here are the questions for you to be able to spend some time with Kakite. well thanks again for tuning in to today's message we hope and pray that it's been most helpful if you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Orewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.